Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us. This is Thrive, a self-help interview style podcast designed to attack you at the level of your identity so you can reach your desired outcome. We get answers from top leaders, fathers, mothers, coaches, preachers, and teachers in all walks of life and the actions they took to take practical knowledge and turn it into applicable wisdom. Today, we're joined by Bill Babion. Did I say that correct? Yeah, good job. Awesome. Yes. So Bill works with Athletes in Action. Um, tell me a little bit about what you do and what you have been doing over the course of your life. Yeah, well, uh <clears throat> grew up in small town Ohio. And uh, actually, my father was a basketball player. He played at the University of Toledo. And so I grew up around sports a lot. And then uh, got into golf, actually played golf at Bowling Green State University. And then uh, when I was there, I got, got involved with an organization called Crew, which is a Christian campus ministry. And it really was life-changing for me. Uh, after my sophomore year, I spent a summer overseas in Africa, and that had a profound impact on the direction of my life. And so after I graduated, I joined that organization and have been working with them for almost 30 years now, uh, a couple years at Ohio State, and then the majority of the time working internationally in uh, primarily in the country of Albania and then Hungary. So we uh, then two years ago, so we were, we were doing campus ministry there in the country of Albania. And then I was the director for our, our work throughout Eastern Europe and Russia. So had about four or 500 staff, um, nationals pr predominantly that I gave direction to across 20 countries for 10 years. So two years ago, we, we moved back to the U.S. mainly due to, to different family needs, and uh, we joined a branch of this organization called Athletes in Action that's based here in Ohio. And uh, my, I do two different things. One, I work with a team that, that oversees all of the organizational work that we do outside of the United States, so in about 60 countries supporting those efforts. And then we launched something here in Ohio called Momentum Ohio with a few former Ohio State basketball players. And uh, so kind of got a, a foot here in Ohio and a foot outside the U.S. That's awesome. And that's how I got connected to you was from Dallas Lauderdale on a previous episode recommended to you when he went to Momentum Ohio. But I'm really excited to ask these questions to you with your world travels and leading hundreds of people. So it'll be interesting to um, see your your books that you should read, every leader should read, what you're learning and different stuff. So we're gonna get right into it. Um, question number one, what is the greatest leadership lesson you've ever learned? You know, that's, uh, I knew that question was coming. It's such a challenging one because there's so many that are important. But I would say the biggest leadership lesson is that your leadership is not about what it gives to you, but what it gives to others. Uh, so I think there's this tension that we we all face in we there are things that we feel we need or want or desire. And uh, as a leader, you're always um, having to um, place those somewhat behind, you know, the, the, the broader interests and the needs of the people that you lead. And so mm -hmm. I think that's a that's a real challenging thing because it challenges our motivations and our core but I think great leadership really is essentially about others and uh, how they're benefiting from your leadership. So how have you in your world travels and working with all these different organizations put that into action? Well, I think it's uh, one is 
whenever, whenever you're in leadership, you, you have a task, you have a vision that you're trying to accomplish. And then you have people that you're working with to try to accomplish those, those things. And so I think for me, it's always trying to be mindful uh, to not, uh, to, to use those, the task to actually grow and develop people and versus saying, I, I'm just using these people to try to uh, accomplish my task, which ultimately then uh, a lot of times becomes about me because I want to look good. I want uh, us to be successful and therefore I'm going to use them the best I can to get that task done. Now, most of the time those people care about the task and you don't have to make them care about it but they will not join you in going towards that hard if you don't really care about them and sense that in the midst of this, you're, you're looking out for, for what they need and supporting them and loving and caring for them. That's awesome. So what books, question number two, have you read that every leader should read? Besides the Bible, that's, that's a, yeah. a very good book that everyone should read. But other than the Bible, what other books should you recommend? Well, there obviously I've read a lot of books on leadership and it's hard to narrow it down. I'll start with this one though, because you mentioned the Bible. This is a book called Spiritual Leadership by a guy named Oswald, J. Oswald Sanders. And I think he, it's the best book I've seen that actually summarizes what the Bible uh, teaches about leadership and what, what it is that makes up someone who is giving leadership to others. That really makes it what we would call spiritual. Spiritual really, I don't know, it could be interpreted different ways. It's really about how does a person be a conduit of God's purposes uh, into the lives of others? You know, what, what does that person look like? What does that person do? And it's, it's a great mix of both kind of uh, theological but also very practical. So would definitely recommend this. I've, re I've read it multiple times. Come back to it at different seasons. Uh, I'll, I'll mention a book I just read recently that I think is, it's a pretty simple book, but really gets to the core of some things. It's a book called, I don't know which way I need to turn that. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. a guy named Patrick Lencioni, who's written a series of books on leadership topics, teamwork. This book is called The Motive. And he, he basically reduces down to kind of two core driving motivations. And I, and I kind of mentioned this already, uh, that there are people that are, there are leaders that are reward centered, meaning they, they view their role as something they've kind of earned and they get a chance to kind of have it be about them, to be in control, to be in charge, to be seen, to be platformed uh, versus people that view leadership roles as a responsibility primarily, you know, mm -hmm. that I've been given the responsibility um, and that responsibility involves sacrifice, not privilege. And so it's two basic orientations towards leadership. And, and one of his main points, he, this is more of a business context. And he says, you know, that the reward centered leader will not do uh, the hard stuff that makes his company, his business, his organization, his team succeed. Uh, they, they, they want, you know, 
they want privileges, but they don't really want sacrifice. The responsibility person will do the hard stuff that really has to be done for that team or organization or company or church to be, to grow and be successful. And so those basic motives play into then very deeply in how that person plays out their role. That's really good. That's actually on my list. He's a really good leadership. Uh, he wrote the five dysfunctions of a team, right? Yep. Yeah. And a bunch of, bunch of other ones. So that's, that's yeah, it's awesome. a really good book too. I like that one. That's awesome. Yeah. So of the books you're reading of moving back to the States, what are you learning right now, especially with COVID and everything and the quarantines and maybe more solitude, maybe not solitude because the family's in the house. What are you learning right now? I think I'm learning that, um, I think a combination of things. One is to be content, you know, and, and that's really challenging that, and, and, I, and I think this ties in, back into a, a huge leadership lesson that I've had to, I've just, I've always wrestled with it. I think I still wrestle with it, you know, is where do you find your identity? And if your identity is really wrapped up in your success and your achievements outwardly, um, you're probably pretty frustrated right now. Uh, and so I think that contentment really has to flow out of a sense uh, that I'm deeply loved. I'm accepted. Uh, I am pleasing in the eyes of God as I am right now um, without accomplishing things. And I need to really learn to trust God uh, in his timing and what he gives to me. Um, there's a phrase I have, you won't see it here, it's on my wall. Uh, it actually comes out of John chapter 3 in the Bible with John the Baptist. And uh, the, the phrase is this, then I'll explain the context. Give what God takes and take what God gives. So... We don't talk a lot, you know, if you're in a Christian community, we often don't talk much about what does God take from you. Um, and anybody who says God doesn't take stuff is not honest. <laughs> God does take things, and it, but he doesn't take them out of malice. He does it for our good, and we have to trust him that he, is a, he gives and takes away. And uh, in John the Baptist, it was interesting because he was, you know, at the beginning of right before Jesus' ministry, he was the forerunner. And he was very prominent in his community. And then his own disciples saw that as Jesus came on the scene, they were, everybody was leaving and going and following him. And they almost tried to stoke his jealousy and said, hey, you know, what about that guy? And his, his response was this, that he must become greater and I must become less. Mm -hmm. And that a man can only receive what's given him from heaven. And so you see a deep contentment in playing the role that God had assigned to him. So I think for me, right, um, I wrestle with that, but I think that's a lesson for this season is that a lot of things that I wanted to do and we had planned to do are not being, not happening. So what do I do with that? And I just have, I have to keep open hands and say, God, you know, I'm not God and I can't control my, all the circumstances. And so I want to rest in his control over what's going on in the world. Um, so I, th I think that's one. And I think probably, uh, at the same time, not, not using that as a reason to not initiate where I can, because I think there's another side you can kind of go to, a um, 
almost a, a cynicism and say, well, you can't do anything now. And so why, why even try? And so I think we need to pray and be creative and then initiate and engage and see, see what can happen to see still the possibilities. And so finding a balance in the, those two was kind of where I'm at. That's really good, especially in the, in the COVID season and with the presidential election season and not knowing what's going on with COVID or what's going on with whoever it is. And even if your party wasn't elected, just being content and still trying to initiate action in a time of unknown is, is really good. So thanks for that. Number four, how has failure impacted your life and leadership? Oh, every day <laughs> in some way. Um, I, you know, I, I thought about this and I thought an interesting moment in my life that had a big impact on me. And I think I've been unpacking it for years. When I was in the seventh grade, we, so I, I mentioned my dad was, you know, a really good basketball player. He played in college. He actually played uh, in Europe, played semi-pro in the U.S., kind of what was the equivalent of the G League now. Uh, and so I grew up around that, and I, I think I was decent. <clears throat> but part of, part of my challenge is, one, I didn't, I didn't grow to, like, almost senior in high school. But in the seventh grade, we had just moved to Willard, where I'm, I, I, I live – my, my family's still there. And uh, it was a great, actually a great basketball town at that time. Um, had won, I think over the previous three years, had won 64 straight regular season games. Um, I think it's the second all time in the state of Ohio, that, that streak. And so I was in, you know, going into junior high at that time. And so I tried out for the seventh grade basketball team in this new town and really wasn't known uh, by anybody and being kind of short didn't really catch a lot of eyes. And so I got cut, you know, when I went out for the seventh grade basketball team, and it was devastating because I grew up with my dad being my hero and like, oh my gosh, you know, I just got cut from the seventh grade team. And so I, I mentioned that because I think it, it really rocked something in me, my sense uh, as a young person just forming, where does my worth come from? And how do I even deal with that kind of sense of failure, just complete failure? And uh, as I've gone on in life, I think one is it's learning um, to believe that God's bigger than my failures and he can use me as somebody who's broken. That my past failures, not just that, but in more significant ways in life, morally, um, relationally, whatever, uh, you know, that I don't, I don't have to have it all together to be somebody that God uses for purposes in this world. Um, so I think that's been a growing thing. And so grace, understanding the unmerited favor of God and that I live under that, and that the people that God uses don't have to be the most gifted, the most intelligent, uh, you know, the most of anything really, other than willing to, to serve and follow and obey and grow along the way. And so I think it's just been growing in that day by day, year by year, coming back to the fact that, you know, uh, I, God is, God's chosen me, called me, given me these opportunities and uh, he knows who I am. Mm -hmm. That's always really good. I've been told growing up 
try to do two things every time you interact with someone learn from learn something from someone that's what's a really cool part about the podcast is of the eight questions it could be i'll probably run into people in the future that maybe not have had a high leadership role and don't know knowledge wise as much or haven't had a lot of experience but there's always something you can learn it's one thing that i take away from here that i can implement is the whole point of the podcast and the second thing is leave people better than you found them make them happier when you leave is always a really good part so that's really really cool about how you implemented grace and in, into your failures so that's really cool thanks number five what have you done that i should do uh hmm. i think uh, maybe a in that realm, you know, apply grace to your life, you know, that, uh, I'm, I, I don't know you, Rye, and I don't know your story and what's behind it. I'm sure if we delve very deeply, there's stuff that you feel like, oh man, I wish that wasn't a part of the story. And so I think, uh, trusting God, you know, that the purposes he has for your life, the gifts that he's give you, given you, um, really, uh, trust that, that he knows what he's doing and, and he, he brings beauty out of, out of everything in our life. And he doesn't waste stuff. He doesn't waste things that are going on. Um, I, I've, my wife and I have an expression, and maybe this would be my encouragement to you, that to do what God wants you to do, you don't have to be somebody other than who you are, uh, but you've got to be a spirit-filled you. Mm -hmm. So... It's not just being rye. It's being a spirit-filled rye. Mm -hmm. You know, it's being a person that Jesus' life is filling you and every part of your personality, you know, but it's still you. So you don't have to have different gifts than you have. You probably won't. You can develop the ones you have. You can, you know, fill in gaps in your weaknesses, but you'll still have them. Uh, but be, be a spirit-filled, not in some, there's a popular phrase, be the best version of yourself. Uh, I don't really like that that much. I'd like to be the best version that God's created me to be. You know, if that's the best version of me, myself, sure, that's that's fine. But I like this better because it's a it's a posture of dependency on God day by day, abiding in Him, and He'll He'll He will make you shine uh, as as you do that. His life will will shine in and through you, um, and He'll bring beauty as a result. That's awesome. Number six, where have you gone that I should go? Could be a place. I know you've been to a lot of places. It could be an experience, a certain city. Just where have you gone that you think I should go? So you're looking for geography here or? It could be Dallas Lauderdale said at the foot of the cross. It, yeah. could, be, it could be any destination possible. Where, where do you think? Yeah, I would say uh, go wherever God sends you to go. So that that sounds easy, but it's not. Mm -hmm. Because that means that you're willing to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So you might have a plan to go back to Upper Sandusky. God might have something very different in mind. He usually does. Totally. Uh, I know very few people that the path that they've walked in life was one that they thought they would walk. And so... I, you know, 
when I look at my life, right, I never stepped on an airplane until I was, oh, 20 years old. And I've pretty much been on an airplane since I was 20. So I had never really traveled much even outside of Ohio to that point. And so I, I, I feel like I was the least likely person for God to have a purpose that really involved the whole world. I've had a chance to travel to over 50 countries, live in multiple countries, speak other languages. Uh, I have friends literally on almost every country, you know, for sure every continent. And I didn't see that coming at all. And so don't limit, what I would say is don't limit it what, where God will take you, um, what he might have in mind for you. It might be, a, I, I had a, a youth pastor, maybe kind of like your dad, I guess, or, you know, uh, who said uh, God's will is always bigger than you bargained for. And that could mean a lot of things. So that, that would be, uh, I do encourage you to step out of the United States and be intentional to do that, to seek out opportunities, because um, I think there's a, there's a view of the Bible, there's a view of life, there's a view of the world that will grow as you have more exposure to more people in more places. And it will, it will come against some of our own ethnocentric ways of viewing ourselves or the world or our country and I think it will, will grow you a lot. But uh, obviously, the bigger thing is go where God might call you to go. And he'll do that one step at a time. You know, he, he, it's usually not a wholesale yeah. overnight, every whole new direction. Mm -hmm. So That's good. Thank you. Number seven, what are three truths that appear evident in your life? Three truths that appear evident in my life. Um, God's really big. <laughs> uh, he, he is very, um, I would say almost has a sense of humor at how he, uh, well, what he, what he does with somebody as they follow him. And that he's faithful. You know, for the last 30 years, we've, you know, I, I left America not knowing what God was doing with me. I met my wife in Africa. She's from California. Um, had, you know, nothing. So I would just say God, God is faithful. He's provided for us every step of the way. And so there's a, um, as I look over these years, that's a truth that's very evident that uh, as, as you follow him, he'll take care of you. That's awesome. That is a definite truth. And then the last question before we get into lightning round, is there one piece of advice, if there was one piece of advice you can give to my generation, what would it be? Um, I see a lot, I, I see so much in this generation that I love, you know, I have three kids. And so I often look in the, at this generation through the lens of my own kids, but work with a lot of youth. Um, I, I feel like there is a lot of fear and anxiety um, that's caused by different 
different things. And that, that, that fear really binds people up from, from trying different things. And so my encouragement is uh, uh, to let go of that or just um, to not, not be afraid to try and, and even have things not go so well. It's okay. You know, that I think that there's, particularly if you've grown up in the youth sports in this country in this last decade, feels like the intensity of attention, the intensity of expectations, the how loud the parent voices are yelling, put a lot of pressure on kids. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of kids are backing away from different things in life because they are afraid that they won't do, do well with it. And so uh, grow grow us in a, in a sense of understanding how much God loves you and accepts you and let that drive your identity and allow that to produce humility, but also allow it to produce courage to step out and try different things. I think there's great joy in that. There's great learning and much of the color of life will be found in, in stepping out and trying <laughs> different things without fearing that failure is going to um, overwhelm you. That's awesome. That's really, really good. That's great advice. So now we're going to go into lightning round. Okay. Top of your head. You weren't prepped for these, so I'm going to okay. try to get your initial response. If you could put a quote on a billboard for everyone to read, what would it say? Uh, we're all human. <laughs> Why would it be that? Uh, I feel like we're polarizing our world and take the time to listen to each other, uh, we'll understand that our needs are the same. We've all been created in, in God's image with the same kind of needs. Um, but I think our, our generalizations are driving us apart. That's good. If you could go back and give your 20-year-old self one word to focus on, what would you tell yourself? Just one word. uh love you know love love at the end of the day is what will define your life and its quality mm-hmm. that's good love people well yes sir and then the last one this podcast is called thrive so what one daily action helps you thrive in your life uh i get up grab a cup of coffee in my bible and i spend the first 30 minutes, 40 minutes of the day, reading it and praying over it and been doing that for the last 30 years. That's been a reoccurring, uh, thriving moment in people's lives is the morning routine. Yeah. I I didn't used to involve coffee until I went to coffee. So I went overseas and started drinking a lot of coffee. Yes. Well, I'm I'm starting to get addicted to it too, but I think I'm (laughs) four for four on interviews with people having a morning routine the one thing although i know dallas doesn't drink coffee so yeah well yeah that's that's good he's probably on the right track (laughs) saving some money too awesome so that completes lightning round and there's one more bonus question that kind of is the whole um implementation of the the podcast going forward is there someone else you know that i should know or someone that i'd benefit from asking these questions to that you could possibly reach out on my behalf Dude. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anybody mentioned Coach Mo yet? Coach Mo, no, not yet. All right. His name is Morris Mahalski. 
Morris Mahalski. Mahalski is spelled M-I-C-H-A-L, M-I-C-H-A-L-S-K-I. He's a colleague of mine here with Athletes in Action. Okay. Phenomenal guy. He's uh, he, he was a college basketball coach in Tennessee about 20 years ago stepped away from that to join the staff of athletes in action has become really a life coach and mentor to college basketball coaches, players, NBA players. He, he was actually has served as the chaplain for USA basketball really? um, traveled with. So yeah, he's got a personal relationship with guys like Steph Curry and awesome. Kevin Durant and awesome. Other, possibly reach out to them on my, yeah, out to him. That'd be awesome. Yeah, what's the best way to – so should I ask him? I can – yeah, his email or number, or, um, either one would work. That'd be awesome. Okay. Yeah, I'm 99% sure he's going to say yes. Awesome. That, that's You're going to love talking with him. And then my last one is not really – I mean, it's a question statement. Um, but genuinely, if I can add value to your life, I know with your life experiences, your network connection – um, I'm not quite there yet in life, but please don't hesitate to reach out or call if there's anything I could ever do for you. Well, I, I will do that. You know, this, uh, I, I don't know how much you know about our Momentum Ohio vision, uh, but I would love to, to have you be a part of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So basically what we're doing is we want to add momentum to what God's doing for his kingdom across the state of Ohio using the platform sport. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, what, what we've done a lot of places and what we had planned to do in Mount Vernon was to come in and spend a day, you know, doing some free basketball clinics at each clinic, sharing the gospel. And we, we typically do that in partnership with a local, local church or ministry, you know, to follow up and, and try to invest some training, even in people who are doing that, you know, that ministry locally. Uh, but would love to have you be a part of that. John Diebler has been a big Mm -hmm. done quite a bit dallas aaron craft and then a lot of different even maggie that's awesome yeah so uh that'd be really cool i would love to love to help with that yeah so hopefully we'll someday soon we'll yeah. we'll have more opportunities and we are trying to do some stuff virtually and i might even pick your brain at some point mm -hmm. to say okay if we can't get back to doing live clinics you know what does that look like or when we can get back to live clinics i'm sure you're connected both in your own community, Upper Sandusky, or even through other players in your team to different communities in Ohio. Absolutely. So it'd be Absolutely. fun to talk about it. I'd be glad to help. Thank you so much for, for allowing me the opportunity to interview. That was wonderful. Thanks, Ryan. It was a real blessing, and I feel just grateful that you reached out to me and gave me the chance to share some things. So Absolutely. Thank you for your wisdom, and I'm going to use it in a way that will benefit others around me. So. Well, you're free to free to do whatever you want. So uh, if there's something in there that helps, go go for it. I just want to say thanks one more time to Bill Babyon for the opportunity he gave me to interview him. I had a blast interviewing him and learned a lot of new things. A couple of my favorite things he said um, that I continue to use was the quote where you give what God takes and take what God gives. Um, in my life, especially with the COVID, me being in quarantine right now, 
just using that to realize that we have to give up control and understanding that God will take opportunities from us, shut doors, and we have to give that up realizing we can't control the circumstances, but then take the opportunity he does give us, whether that's time in quarantine with COVID right now or different scenarios in our life to take that opportunity um, and take advantage of it to the maximum capacity we have. Um, if you have any questions or know anyone I should ask these questions to, my information is in the show notes of the episode, as well as the two books he recommended and all of his answers for the episode. Thank you for listening to Thrive. We'll see you next time.